Welcome, everyone, to Breaking Big Blue. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan, ESPN, ESPN.com, Giants reporter. And we're here with a summer series episode. We're going to call it the Beat Writer Roundtable. Now, what we're doing here is I'm going to be joined by several Giants beat reporters. There's really two factions of beat reporters in the Giants meeting room. There's the Super Bowl era group. You know, everybody who was there and around kind of when the Giants were winning Super Bowls. And then there's the post-Super Bowl era crew, which I am part of. I came in 2013, right? So they win in 11. There's that 2012 season, mediocre season, not terrible. Uh, and then 2013, I I arrived. They, they're already 0-6. That's sort of the beginning of the demise right there and unable to rebuild. So I was kind of the first one of like the new age crew that that showed up. We've gone through a couple people here and there, but um, joined by Dan Duggan from The Athletic, Pat Leonard from the New York Daily News, uh, Zach Rosenblatt from NJ.com, and Ryan Dunleavy from the New York Post. Now, Ryan has become one of our favorite targets. Now, here's here's the deal. This is kind of what, where we're bringing you. We're bringing you behind the scenes of what it's like and how the sausage is made by the beat writers. and. The conversations we have, because let's be honest, the last really eight years, not every, not everybody in this crew has been here for eight years, but the last eight years has been rough. So by mid-season, most of the time, aside from 2016, you know that their season's over, it's going nowhere. So we have to write stories and keep everyone interested on a team that, quite frankly, you know is done. And we try to keep our spirits up, you know, and we're really just just laughing at this point. We're trying to find ways to, to to laugh and have fun. We're covering football. And so we're going to bring you inside some of the things that have happened, such as, you know, Pat Leonard getting confronted by Pat Shermer, uh, Ryan Dunleavy's quirks, right? You've never seen a man like Ryan Dunleavy. We'll get into it later. But the man has never eaten lettuce in his life. Think about that for a second. Think about how hard that is to have never eaten lettuce, not just the beginning of his quirks and intricacies. So I think, I think, I think you'll like the segment. We're going to, we're going to close with that a little segment on, uh, has Dunleavy done it? So it's a very interesting segment, but we're going to talk some giants, current giants first, and then we'll roll it into some of the things we've seen and some of the, you know, the inside jokes that we've had over the years. Hopefully you enjoy it. It's something new. It's the summer. We're moving forward here. Training camp is on the horizon. We'll get to that in the next few episodes, but in the meantime, On to the next one. Feeling like you need a marketing degree and an extra day in your week to successfully market your small business? Let Constant Contact do the heavy lifting for you. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has powerful tools that make it easy to grow your audience, engage your customers, and sell more to boost your business. Now, in just a few clicks, you can launch a marketing campaign that's tailored to your business and goals. That includes email, social, SMS, and more. So you can sell more, raise more, and fast-track your business growth. Plus, you can always count on Constant Contact's award-winning customer support for guidance along the way. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. All right. We are going to try something new here. We're going to see how this works, okay? We're going to do the Beat Writer Roundtable. And uh, this crew here has spent a lot of time together over the last few years. And we've had to kill a lot of bad moments. 
So there's been a lot of conversations to keep us, you know, keep our spirits up over the last few years. And now we're going to take that and bring it over here. So without further ado, Ryan Dunleavy, who's one of the, the, the people here involved, he brought it up before. This is sort of like a tree, right? So I left to go cover the Giants for ESPN. Dan Duggan, the athletic, he's joining us here. He took over at the time, right? And then, Dan, you left to go to the athletic. That prompted them to hire. Well, I left and they hired Ryan, right? You got you got hired at the time because Dan went from Rutgers to the Giants. You left NJ.com. They hired me to cover Rutgers and promoted Dan. Dan left to go to the athletic. They promoted me to cover the Giants. I left. They hired Zach. So, uh, and actually Dan left. They brought in Zach part-time, I think. I left. They moved Zach to the Giants. So basically it's a family tree plus Pat Leonard. Yeah. And then the outsider, the lone wolf as always, Pat Leonard from the New York Daily News. I appreciate everybody for joining us here. Right. So we'll talk a little about the current Giant team. Then we'll play some fun games. We'll even do a, a Dunleavy segment segment called Has Dunleavy Done It? And I think everyone's <laughs> going to be fascinated. We always joke that Ryan should have a TV camera following him around because he is one of the most interesting men <laughs> on the face of this earth. <laughs> <laughs> and I think most of you would probably agree to that. So You like Ryan, yeah. <laughs> so let's start with... Uh, all right, we're all covering the Giants. We've all done it for a couple of years. It's been a rough go. We haven't seen many good moments, but we're entering this training camp this year. What is it you guys are most intrigued by for what we're going to see this summer? That that's going to really that, that, that your eyes are going to be on throughout the summer. We'll start with you, Pat. What do you got? Uh, I'll say whether to, whether Tony is on the field and whether he's on the team. Um, you know, he's a fascinating player on this team that doesn't have many of them to me. So, so before uh, we go anywhere else, I got to interrupt. We got to say, you think that there's a chance when you say that, that he might not be on this team. Well, I mean, first of all, he's kind of the Ryan Dunleavy of the locker room right now. It's like, (laughs) you don't know what he's going to do every day when he wakes up. Like it could go one way or another. Um, you know, he's a little bit unpredictable. So no, yeah, I think to be serious about it. Um, obviously the market didn't develop the way that it needed to, to, for a trade to happen in the spring when they were making calls. But I just think there's been too much, um, too many distractions, too much stuff around him for them to shut the door completely on that. But obviously guys, like when they pick up the phone, teams know, like, as you guys know, teams know that why they're picking up the phone, right? So, you know, I think right now the focus is incorporating him and involving him, but it'll be interesting to see, right? Can, he's good when he's healthy, but can he stay on the field? Like Daniel Jones obviously needs all the help he can get. Uh, but right now, Tony's about as reliable as Jordan's driver is off the tee. That's why I'm wearing this shirt right now. So, you know, KT, KT's got to show us a, a little something here. The, the first KT, not the second KT. Well, I'll put you on my list of people who I need to, you know, take money from in golf next time, but okay. <laughs> Zach, let's, let's go to you for a second. First, let's start uh, with, would you, are you in that same boat? Do you think there is a possibility? I'll, I'll say this. I wouldn't completely shut the door, but I'd be very surprised if Tony would, would have moved at this point. At this point. Yeah. I mean, I, 
I don't know, maybe if they're terrible at the trade deadline, they start selling everybody off or something. Um, yeah, but that's a di- that's a different story. We're yeah. talking about training camp. Yeah, I, I don't you know I don't preseason. Yeah, yeah. No, I, he'll he'll be there in training camp. I think. Um, yeah, and and I guess in in terms of the uh, what most intriguing thing is that what you said the most going yeah. to training camp. I'm I'm kind of I'm in kind of tied to that a little bit. I'm kind of intrigued about the whole Saquon Barkley situation. I I uh, I'm very curious to see how they use him in this offense, and I'm. I'm curious to see if he like what what it all means for his future. Like if this guy has a good year, are they are they more or less likely to keep him uh, at the trade deadline or after the season, like all that? So I, I'm I'm very interested to see how that goes. And we know he's kind of on a fu mode right now, both with the media and everybody else. Um, well, he so told I, everyone to stay on the other side yeah, of the table. The so uh, that does that include all of us? Like. Except you all think that you all, you all think that's me that he's talking to when he says that. Well, when he specifically he he was like there there was a lot of BS out there. I don't want to get specific because uh, then the person will know who I'm talking about. And I <laughs> I think well, we all Ryan, Jordan Ryan played connect four with him like three years ago, so I think that's still <laughs> I'm still on my side of the table. I think I'm the only one on my side of the table. There's a lot of space, but uh, I'm staying. Well, I on think my you side. asked him recently, like what it's still like to be like one of the best players in the league or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I, so, I probably did. So I assume it's not you on the other side of the <laughs> no, table. No, he's Ryan. not. I'm confident he's not talking about me. <laughs> So Ryan, let's go to you for a second. Uh, what is it that intrigues you here as we head into this training camp? Can they cover anyone? Like we've seen so many bad secondaries, right? We've seen a late career Antoine Bethay. We've seen Curtis Riley. We've seen uh, Corey Ballantyne. We've seen guys I'm forgetting. Antonio uh, Hamilton. Antonio Hamilton as a week one starter. Uh, Isaac Yadam. Isaac Yadam. Yeah, I mean, Duggan, who's the guy? Who's the guy that Odell was friends with that uh, might have played or started a game or two? He was. Uh, that yeah, he's, he's the one who caused John Merritt to say he needed a program. It was Brandon Dixon, right? Yeah. Walking the locker room. <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah. very random, right there. Random name, Brandon Dixon. Can they right. cover anyone? I mean, I felt like the secondary was far and away the best part of the bad team they had last year. And without Bradbury and Logan Ryan and with a defensive coordinator who just left his last job for blitzing too much with a bad secondary, I'm just so – is Wink going to give an inch or is he still going to blitz everybody and make these guys learn on the job? I'm fascinated to learn if they can cover anybody. What was his line? What was his line this spring? Like, you know, he learned that you don't get uh... – you don't sign cornerbacks from off door. You don't call DoorDash for cornerbacks or yeah, something. Because like, here's the thing: the first week of training camp, guys, we know that the starting defense is going to be facing like David Sills. I don't know. Is like uh, it, the, Travis Toivonen, man, the star of minicamp. Yeah, Travis Toivonen. Uh, I heard you should watch out for David Seals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is Amba Etatawo still on this team? Like he, he might. I mean, you know they're going to have. You know they're going to be facing third-team receivers the first week of training camp because the starters are never healthy. Can they cover those guys? Because if they can't, then it's going to be a long year. Oh, boy, that Amba at a Tuo uh, just reminded me of a hilarious story. <laughs> by the way, by he, the was way mis- he was mistaken for another player. <laughs> I know we got to go. I know we got to go to Duggan, but we just saw one of Dunleavy's uh, trademarks, which is he's not as close as he usually is. But then he does this thing where he kind of looks up at the ceiling like <laughs> the person's not there. 
Like they're right in front of you, Ryan. Like when you're on Zoom, just talk as if they're sitting in front of you. He does this like, so then there's this and that. And you're like, where are you looking? Like, yeah. you over here? I think I brought this up on one of the podcast episodes of Ryan's uh, Zoom usage throughout like, the Zoom thing. There was people, I, I don't think I mentioned him by name, actually. But I think I said there was people in the Zooms who like would hold the cell phone up to their face. Like, hey, can you hear me? Can you guys hear me? Hey. And you were, you're, that was like that for that two years, your, by the way. That was your years. trademark for the two years of the uh, the Zoom press conferences. I'm happy to say it's I'm happy to say it's gone. The, the first time I couldn't unmute. We're taping myself, this on Zoom, by the way. Let's mention that. The first time I ever couldn't unmute myself. The first time the press conference ended and Joe Judge hung up and called me directly and said, hey, I know you couldn't unmute yourself. Do you have a question? I can answer it before I go out to practice. Nicest thing he's ever done. And then I couldn't unmute myself like the next 30 times and Judge just gave up on me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You have to follow that, Duggan. Dan Duggan from the uh, most intriguing storyline you want our intent on following this summer. Yeah, well, just to put a bow on that, this is going to be on YouTube. Just be thankful you're not looking up Ryan's nostrils like we had to for two years. <laughs> that would really kill your uh, subscriber base and try to grow. Um, I go like broad. I say like just the red jersey crew because it was kind of a, a club med type feel this spring. And I think there's uh, some method to that madness where they obviously had a lot of guys banged up and I think at the you know smallest sign of anything, they were shut down this spring. I understand that. There's no need pushing guys six months before the opener. At the same time, they have to get ready to play at some point. And Dave will even alluded to that. You know, in the second or third week camp, you know, guys probably wouldn't be on the side. So I'll be interested to see how they manage that because it's a lot of the guys who are kind of always hurt. It's one of the most true things Gettleman ever said is, you know, hurt guys stay hurt. And then he kept signing and drafting hurt guys. Um, but like... <laughs> You know, Ken Tedder's Tony actually get on the field. We'll get to him but, later. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> Credit for Gettleman. <laughs> I might run into a kid caught in a couple weeks. I got to, uh, you know, smooth things <laughs> over there. Um, but like Kadarius Tony, can you have like four consecutive practices without incident? Tevin Galladay, all because last year at this time, oh, timing doesn't matter. They'll figure it out. And then they just never figure it out. So, like, I do want to see, uh, it's kind of a basic thing to observe, but we'll, that'd be a week one of camp. Like, are these guys actually ready? Are they on the pup list? Are they practicing? That, that to me is like the first thing I think is going to be interesting to see because we just didn't see much of their kind of top line receivers during the spring. Yeah. And I'm going to build off that a little bit. I'm actually curious to see what the offense, those are most of the red Jersey guys looks like in general under Brian Dable, like was the incompetence of the offense based on the previous regime, you know, and the people that were running it or, you know, is it just the personnel just isn't good enough overall? I mean, we're going to see that. And I want to see how Daniel Jones looks in this new offense. Because I remember when Eli was new to Ben McAdoo's offense, it's hard to come in and be good. Like, training camp was a mess that year. Like, Eli was throwing picks left and right. And he ended up having two of his best statistical seasons under McAdoo. But just so I'm, I'm curious what the offense is going to look like. There's going to be a ton of motion. Just modernization of it that we really haven't seen the past few years. So uh, it'll be yeah. interesting. That'll obviously determine where this team goes. If they can't get that right, I mean, they're going to be awful. I, mean, I was, was going to say it can't get much worse, but then it got worse last year from the year before. So I yeah, know that, that was the stock line going into last year. Well, yeah. they're going to be better. Like nobody, I don't think anybody here loved the Galladay signing. Did we? I think it was just like, well, he's an upgrade. 
Yeah. Yeah. And to build off of what uh, Jordan and Dan both said too, like the red Jersey crew. Yeah. A lot of receivers, but, and I know Jordan, you've been banging on this a lot. Andrew Thomas is the one that's like, you're looking at him out there limping really badly. And I know our understanding is he's going to be ready to play, but there's so much focus on these receivers. But if the left tackle after his second surgery in two years, isn't ready. I mean, you know, this, this could be a house of cards here. Big guys with feet injuries. That's what I keep saying like that. That always concerns you now. You, you hope he can get it right. And he played well even with it last year, especially late in the year. But you still, it's still definitely something to keep an eye on. And it's still, it still was bothering him in the spring, and you saw him limping around. So he yeah. need, he needs to play just so that Corey Cunningham can be the tackle eligible and not like a starting tackle. He he needs to play just so I can hear the cheers for Corey Cunningham when he comes in <laughs> on tackle eligible. Nice. Well. That part of it is definitely uh, something that uh, we not, we might not see in the offense, Ryan. That's another thing. Like that might be, that might be the whole Joe Judge, you know, Jason Garrett, Freddie Kitchens part of it. That's that's gone, and we're gonna have to get rid of. So, yeah, yeah, more likely to see like Wandale Robinson at running back and Saquon like flanked out wide. You can see some of that stuff, you know. Let's segue at this point to a little game that we're going to call Name That Giants Starter. We've all covered some bad teams, so we're going to try and go, and I'll, I'll uh, tell you the week, the game, and you guys are going to try and remember the starters, okay? So we'll wow. start week six, 2017, okay? So this is the, the, the week after... Odell, Brandon Marshall, Sterling Shepard, all those oh, guys got wow. injured in the same game. The starting wide receivers that week were I'm gonna start with Rodney uh, Lewis. Oh, I got my guy Roger Lewis. Dan, Dan, okay, so Dan got you're starting with Roger Lewis. That's correct. Can we name the other starter? Lars King. Log in. There we go. Let's Look go. These guys are on top of it. Tavares King and Roger Lewis started at wide receiver for the Giants in week six. You're five Giants, right? <laughs> What's that? They're on five, right? They, remember, they went – that was the week that Dominique Rogers cromartie got suspended. They went to Denver. No, no. Yeah. Am I thinking of the right year? Is that that year? Yeah, that's the year. They yeah. went to Denver and won. Yeah. And they went to Denver and won? Yeah. Darkwa. Orleans Darkwa. Darkwa Orleans Darkwa. Yeah. Darkwa day. Although he also killed it in week 17 for Gettleman. Remember that first game Gettleman was in charge? Yeah. He went into Washington and ran for like two hundo. Surprised he didn't give him a big contract after that. Or he stuck, he, at that point, he stuck with the offensive line. He thought it was going to work. <laughs> Darkwood, Darkwood tricked him. He thought it was fixed. <laughs> so... <laughs> Forget it. I was going to make a quarterback joke. I'm going to avoid that one. Pat already made that mistake on this podcast of going down a lane where he wasn't going to benefit him. I'm going to do, I'm, I'm do the smart one here. Honesty, not always the best policy, I guess. <laughs> Week 17, 2018. Okay. So this is Schumer's first year. Schumer's first year. Gettleman's first year. So. They have a their secondary. They lose to Dallas. Remember that day, the shootout. The tight end from Dallas kills him, tears him apart. Blake uh, Jarwin. So we have yeah, Blake Jarwin. 
So the Giants starting secondary in week 17 of oh 2018. God. I dare you to try and guess. We're going to start. We'll start with uh, Pat here. Pat. Wait, wait, was Bake on the field for that? Uh, no, I believe oh, he's, he, was, he was drafted in 19. He's in 19. Yeah. Curtis Riley? Curtis Riley. Ding, ding, ding. He started all 16 games that year, if I remember correctly. He uh, had that horrible tackle attempt, right? On the tight on the one Jarwin's tight end. Like <laughs> yeah. Was that um, that game? Yeah. I think it was. Was was BW Webb in the secondary? Oh, Zach out of left field. Ooh, I was gonna ball. give you Janaris Jenkins. I thought BW Webb would be just glossed over. Good pull. So, so we're was the base though hobbling around back there? That was so the next year, also. So we're missing uh, a we're missing a safety. Uh Landon. Oh no, Landon broke his leg. Right, he was injured. So now we're into the backups. He was a well liked guy, though. We all really liked him. He's a good dude. Michael Thomas. Yeah, Michael Thomas. Mm-hmm. Mike T. Mike so T. that okay. So we have that secondary. The Giants starting secondary: B.W. Webb. Mike Thomas, Curtis Riley, and Janaris Jenkins. Oh, my God. So you figure by the next year, Dave Gettleman in year two would fix it, right? Hey, Jordan, it's Jack Rabbit. Rabbit, sorry. <laughs> Rabbit. So you figure by the next year, he would fix it. So week 17, the next year, 2019, what do we think that secondary looks like? Name, name that giant starter. Corey Ballantyne. No, he was gone by that point, I think. He was gone as like a as a player that they would put on the field. Yeah, this is like Bethay, Baker. No, no was yes, Bay- yeah, Bay- we got Bay- yeah, those are right. Bay- those Bay- are, Bay- those Bay- are the two. Oh Jack Rabbit was gone. He got cut. He was Wait, gone. Zach, did you say Grant Haley? Yeah, Grant Haley. Oh. He was the starting nickel, mate. Actually, wow. at, at what point did they put him on the outside? But no, that's not the answer. Because then Peppers got hurt, so Julian Love was in for him, right? Oh, this is when Rabbit got cut for, like, saying the R word, right? Yeah, that was that, that, that. And then not apologizing in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> they trotted oh. him out to apologize. So, Nate, <laughs> he couldn't apologize. Are we missing an outside corner, then? We're missing yeah. a cornerback. Name that cornerback. Because Love was the other safety? Peppers Love was the other safety, Young guy or old guy? In between her. In between her. Oh man, 2019. He's a name you would actually recognize. It's not like a really, really random one, but it's this guy you, you're not thinking of as a starter. Uh, I think he actually started in Week One. Antonio oh, Hamilton. Hamilton? Yeah. I was gonna say that. Oh man, I should have said it. Yeah. yeah. So he got another start after that opener. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the opener. So basically, they fixed the secondary to the point of the next year they were at. By the end of the year, they're down with Baker, who's a rookie playing. Poorly, Antonio Hamilton, Bethay, and Julian Love. Ugh. GM had two more years after that. Secondary now looks like the Legion of Boom by comparison. <laughs> so week one, 2020, now we have Joe Judge. We say, oh, they have to fix that secondary for sure, right? So who starts that next year? It's in the secondary. What week did you say? Week one? At cornerback, sorry. Cornerback, week one. Yeah, Corey I remember Valentine. I remember that vividly. <laughs> and Bradbury. So Bradbury. So he fixes it again. Corey Valentine starting by the beginning of that season. He was wire to wire starting on the outside in training camp. 
I remember. I remember vividly. Well, and then and then they and traded he was out of out. I got him, and then he started. He was out as being the starter, I believe, by week two. Yeah, for Yadam. Then you had Yadam, Ryan Lewis. Ryan Lewis, yeah. Ryan Lewis was a good one. David Sills and Alonzo Russell, those guys owe their folklore to going against Corey Valentine by a bracket. (laughs) Alonzo Russell, that would have been a good trivia, preseason trivia. Yeah. Who was the safety besides Logan? Jabril, right? Jabril, right? So I didn't even. I was just talking about they fixed the. What's the fix? By the way, fixing the corner. That was that was their fixing the corner. But I mean, fixing that whole secondary didn't work again. Yeah. But well, because they cut Baker right before the season. Obviously. So you figure the Giants' secondary is a mess all the time. They have to have good players around them. Starting outside linebackers that year, first year under Joe Judge. Remember, they had a good defense that year. Pat Graham did a good job. Starting outside linebackers in Week 12, 2020. Okay. Name Tyler, those two guys. Tyler Fackrell. Tyler Fackrell. And Nico? Was Nico the starter? No? No, Nico. Yeah. Yeah. That defense finished in the top 10 in the NFL. <laughs> They're That's outside great, linebackers. Man. Their two edge rushers were Kyler Fackrell and Jabal Sheard. Sheard won them the game in Cincinnati, and didn't Fackrell have like two touchdowns in that? Yes, yeah, Cowboys in a pick six. Nico won a game for them the too. Chargers, I Nico believe. Was it, wasn't it against the Chargers? I know he, he ended up landing there, but I think he had one against the Chargers too. Uh, he definitely had one against the Cowboys in the game. Okay. The game they should have won, but like Evan Ingram was called for like some bogus penalty on a fake field goal, and uh, no, that was a lineman. I think. I think it was uh, who was it? Parrot maybe. Matt, maybe, but Ingram scored the touchdown, I think. That got yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Look at the defensive lineup. They had a lot in that 2020 season, like Carter Coughlin, Nico Lalos, all these guys who were like rookies off the scrap heap, and they were shutting out Russell Wilson in Seattle. That was an unbelievable job. By, that by that team that team would have made the playoffs if, you know, Doug Peterson didn't lay down. Yeah. And, no, it was Cam Fleming on a penalty. I know no one cares, but – can another another trivia question you are right he did not set himself on the That's outside right. yeah. that was one of those like for two days the coaches like won't tell you who it is and then eventually three days later everyone's like yeah it was funny <laughs> <laughs> once nobody once nobody cares anymore <laughs> right. Good. all right should we do some uh hold on jordan i'll give you one zach and i weren't on the beat but i somehow remember this that week you gave us that week 17 2017 cornerbacks how about that week 17 you gave us the receivers the week after odell and chapman all got hurt how about the week 17 receivers and it was not roger lewis or whoever duggan said Tavares king yeah it was not those guys week 17 of that year can you i know two of them off the top of my head so 2017? 2017, week 17 receivers. I know two. That's going deep. Who's the guy that was the punt re- – ended up being that's, a decent punt returner on Denver? That's one. Yep, that's one. What's Hunter, his name? Sh- Hunter Sharp. Hunter Sharp. Oh, man. I've never Whoa. heard that name in my life. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> wow. I have, the, I have both their numbers in my phone, which is why wow. I – Humble brag right there. I mean, they're yeah, – right? <laughs> You mean their jersey numbers? <laughs> I, have not, I have not heard from either one since 2018. But <laughs> Did it, wasn't he? Uh, wait, wait, what's his name again? Check in. Hunter Sharp. 
Hunter Sharp. Was he the one that was catching punts in the parking lot yes. on the Instagram video out of a yes. jugs machine? Oh, yes. was, yes. was Khalif Raymond then the other one? Khalif Raymond is one. It was on the team, but no, the other one is a big guy, a, like an Alonzo Russell-like big guy. Oh. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know. Wasn't it someone who ran like a 5'4", 40? <laughs> his, <laughs> his name is Marquise Bundy. That is yeah, not no a chance. That, yeah, no chance on that one. There, that's All a right. random one right there. Let me give you one more then, just to make sure no one's listening at this point, besides the five of us, anyways. The yeah. starting O line that week 17, 2017, <laughs> you know, Gettleman's first game, the starting five on the O line. I don't know the answer. Was, was Chad, was Chad Wheeler starting? Jalapio. Jalapio. Yeah. Jalapio was like the last. There's no body. There's no Because they jettisoned Bobby Hart and Flowers. Remember they shot Oh, you're talking about the, the, la- the final game of the season. We yeah. Were, yeah. Was Chad Wheeler one of them? I think. I don't know. I, mean, I should probably research this. I think so. I think so. Wheeler, Jalapio, Bizanwadi. John Jelly? Zeitler wasn't there yet. No. Who was the center? Wasn't Jalapio a guard? Who was the center? Jalapio played guard that day, I believe. Western, was Richburg still there? He was injured. He would have even got, if that was that year, is it two thousand? I got it. Someone pop it up on uh, it, NFL it would, Jesus real quick. Oh no, this isn't it. It's the next season. All right, we'll get back to it. Yeah, we're gonna we we're gonna go to off technology. Get Brian like twenty minutes. Head, so that that is all worth it for that. We're gonna go to who said it. Okay, pick your coach. We got. We're gonna start with the Ben McAdoo era because nobody else here except for me was here for Coughlin. Uh. Shermer, Schumer, as be- as Odell used to call him. Still calls him. Yo, where's, where's Schumer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a problem with Schumer. <laughs> or Judge. Okay, or I guess, I guess Dable could be in here too. So is he in here or he could be in here? With him? Call him Dave, Jordan. Call him Dave. Um, <laughs> oh, God. He could be in here. It's possible. Okay, okay. cool. Uh, I'm not going to tolerate any kind of selfish behavior from anybody, a coach or player. It's not going to happen. No judge. Yeah. Okay. Joe judge. That's right. Do we, do we know what that's from? Cause that, that's something McAdoo would say too. There's I I was looking at it. McAdoo and judge say the same thing. That's golden Tate. That's great. Yeah. That was the golden Tate one. Yeah. Joel and Tate's making the rounds right now. Killing the giants. (laughs) <laughs> personality. What do you mean right now? <laughs> She's a big girl. And I just stripped. She's a big girl. Anybody want to explain that one? Yeah, that's that's from the press conference where he walks up to the podium <laughs> and he's standing there. He's got a huge like shiner on the side of his face, like under his uh, left eye. The funniest thing was you're standing there thinking like, how do I address this with, but be tactful? And Tom Canavan, the legend from the AP at one point during a dead period, he goes, so who hit you? <laughs> <laughs> and then Shermer claims that like his dog tackled him and says she's a big girl. Epic moment. <laughs> Pat, when's, when was it that Shermer stared through your soul? What was that for? <laughs> <laughs> he literally was doing a press conference and like talking no, to somebody on the side and being like, <laughs> "It was oh staring you, were you down, eyes beaming down your soul." Where's there were Ka- like 
there were like five of us and PR and Schumer in the hallway. And it was just like a small circle. And I had written for that day's paper about how there was still, there was still like discontent and uh, Odell and Schumer were, were kind of like at each other's throats and there, you know, things weren't all good. Like they were saying, and he was so angered by that story. It was like, I, the best way I can put it is no matter who asked the question, he would look at them while they answered it. And then while he was answering it and after he would just stare at me <laughs> like this the whole time. And even when he was waiting for the next question was just staring right through my soul. Yeah. You, you know, you probably deserved it. It was also the, there was also the time you almost fought Shermer almost fought you in uh, oh, Carolina. Right. So, so the first story was the first story was around the hematoma time. If you remember that, <laughs> the, the, second, the second one that you're talking about that was uh, that was in Casino. Carolina, right? Little Wayne. Oh, little Wayne, Eli. Yeah, that's where he, uh, that's where he screamed at the press conference, and then uh, he and I had to be separated in the locker room. It was getting uh, it was getting testy. What was the line? What was the line? Finito. 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 Done. <laughs> I hope you hear that. Uh-huh. Uh, all right. Uh, the just for a sec to go back to it. That that offensive line from that week 17, seven, 2017 game was indeed Wheeler, John Jerry, Jalapio, Biznawadi, and CFL legend Brett Jones. Brett Jones. Brett Jones. They won that game. Yes, they ran. They ran the ball well in that game. Yep. Um, Eli still had it. We're going to be sound, smart, and tough. We're going to be committed to discipline and poise. That was was a quick, catchy saying you had there. That's (laughs) Benny Mac. Though it sounds, I think Dayball's been using that, right? Didn't he? Isn't he like digging up some of McAdoo's old notebooks? Dayball, Dayball has a, a shortened version of that, basically. Smart, smart, smart tough, smart, tough, and dependable. Smart. That, that's it, that's the Dayball. That's the Dayball yeah. line. Smart, tough, and dependable. That's it. You must be reading the Mac Dictionary. The Mac. <laughs> yeah, that was legendary. <laughs> Hopefully, you had a chance to see what you were looking for. <laughs> no, that's Shermer. Yeah. And I've heard that oh. story many times, even though I wasn't there. So. <laughs> quick, exp- I'll take this quick explanation. It was after Eli was struggling late in the season. We, everybody was kind of asking questions every day about when Kyle Laletta was going to get his chance. <laughs> everybody was kind of writing. It should be we ever take a look at the kid. They put Kyle Laletta in for the fourth quarter of a blowout win at. They were up forty to nothing, I believe. He went over. He went over five with a pick. In a forty to nothing lead, and somebody asked after the game, "How did you think Loletta looked?" And he said, "I hope you saw what you were looking for." It was Jordan, <laughs> the most vicious put down of all time. He st- he he basically stared at me while he said that, and actually, I I watched it re- like as I was doing this, and he had this uh, smirk and smile as he said it, like "I told you so." He yeah. stinks. <laughs> and it was like, like the he and disrespectful thing I've ever seen a coach say about a player at a podium. No doubt. No like doubt. he, like he, like he was taking credit for being right about Laletta. Like he had no say in the fact that the Giants drafted Laletta. 
Right. Even though he was the same guy who said that he was at practice the day he was like at the police station instead. (laughs) All right. You need a game to win your life and you have to start. Kyle Aletta and Jake Cron. Kyle Aletta. Aletta. I'll I'll start the game. (laughs) (laughs) I would would, would pay to watch that. I'm I'm taking from and I'm sitting with his brother when it happens. Lawletta <laughs> all day. Speaking of Jake Fromm, good, that'll bring us to this one. I saw the report today. Someone texted me and asked about it. Completely inaccurate. Would not put anyone on the field that is in injury risk, not me or the medical team. Whoever that information is coming from that is being reported, I'm just telling you, Whoever is go- giving it to you is just lying or doesn't know. Either one, not good enough. <laughs> Zach, you have a guess? That Joe Judge? That is Joe Judge. I thought that was Joe a little Judge hard. in yeah. Arizona. On Arizona. Joe Judge in Arizona. We're gonna Ryan. You could keep quiet on this one over there, but it was based was- on. It was based on a report. It's a structurally damaged neck. Uh, Daniel Jones was injured the week before he was actually injured. Yes. Basically, yeah, basically saying he just told an injured quarterback to just, like, suck it up and go out there the next week. Joe that Judge. Trip, some dirt on him. was next level. Yeah. Just, and then uh, he did not forget that. Let's just say that. Joe <laughs> Judge Joe Judge did not, did not forget that one. Uh Where's this? Uh... Duggan's just quiet with a smirk. <laughs> now, I'm not going to give the public a pound of flesh on this, all right? That would make me small, not strong. And those are the kind of things, in my opinion, when we have the locker room that we have that will galvanize them, cause the locker room, because uh, uh, the locker room took care of it. And that's all I'm saying on it. That that's going to be McAdoo, right? No, it's not. It's not. It's somebody since I've been there. Um, so, wait, Zach, you said McAdoo. Pat, who'd you say? I thought it was McAdoo with the rats. I said, it's not. I said Mac. It's got to be Sherman. It definitely was not That's Sherman because the next line was finito. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's it? That's, <laughs> I remember that the sounds time. like a McAdoo thing. No, no that I remember after Odell did the interview mm-hmm. with Josina in Carolina. That was the okay. same day we were talking about that. There needed to be a, a separation of uh, Shermer from Pat Leonard in the locker room. People, people have to understand too. The context there was like the the surrealness of Odell doing the interview in the first place. The clips of it coming out. The fact that Little Wayne trashed Eli was just like <laughs> was uh, unbelievable that he went there, and then. The whole interview is dropping while we're like in the press box and the Giants are pregame on the field, like nationally. And then they lose on like an 81 Graham Gano, 81 yard Graham Gano field goal. So Shermer's down there, pissed off they lost, pissed off at Odell, who had like an out of body experience in that game. That yeah. was just powder keg of a day. He, he threw a touchdown to Saquon Barkley. Yeah. Which- which was like the best throw I've ever seen. That was the, <laughs> the, they did that celebration. Where, uh, and he Saquon was like, his arms are going up and down, like he's swimming basically. And, yeah. and one of the things this beat does is ask perennially if receivers are going to return punts. 
and we pounded them. Now we're doing it with Tony. We pounded them. When's Odell going to return punts? He finally gets the return of punt. He muffs it at the four-yard line, and the Panthers get a touchdown. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Over the day, unbelievable that was, game. That was an all-timer day. Uh, we'll get to uh, has Dunleavy done it in a minute here, but let's go real quick. Let's rank the coaches you've covered. Uh, how good they've been access-wise with the relationships, your relationships with them, how you would put them. Uh, we'll start with Dan Duggan because he's the – Dan and Pat, you actually came in the same time, right? Yeah. Yeah, 16. 16. 16 yeah. When actually, it was the only good year we've got, we've enjoyed. Uh, they made the playoffs. da da da, da. I got sick. It was a disaster. <laughs> Odell punched a, a hole in the wall. That Boat playoff tr- game was Boat a trip. disaster. But so you guys have been there for the McAdoo era. The other two, Brian, did you cross over with Ben or no? Uh, the end of Ben, the very okay. end of Ben. So I do know Ben. So yeah. you have you have a, a shorter uh, list. But uh, Dan, how how would you rank them? We're ranking it based on what? You let's rank them based <laughs> on relationships with them. Your on relationship the, with on, those on the three stories guys. that were leaked to you by each coach. Rank them. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> um, I would say I definitely have the best relationship with Joe Judge. I think, like, I think people have said this. I'm not, you know, it's an original thought that the public perception of him versus who he was when you dealt with him on a day to day basis was like dramatically different. Like this, like, oh, he's a hard ass and this and stuff. Like he was a really good down to earth guy. You could talk to him. Uh, I mean, Sherman Matthew. He was the kind of guy you'd like go to a birthday party with. Something like that. Well, Shermer, <laughs> maybe, maybe Shermer and McAdoo. I, I mean, <laughs> not the Roy. Both are <laughs> <laughs> Shermer and McAdoo. I just, you know, it was it was much more of an arm's length type of relationship. I mean, I kind of just always hammered at McAdoo, and I think that was a mutual. Um, and who did you, like, who did you boycott? Which one was the boycott? I boycotted Shermer because he like blatantly said, like, I'm just not going to answer questions honestly. We all know that, but like. Don't say that, especially when you're like two and eight. Like it just was like such a slap in the face. Like, I, you know, I don't need to ask you about Kyle Leonard for the next four weeks. Just let everyone else do it. I just what, one of my one anything. of my fa- one of my favorite Shermer memories was uh what it was one one of, I mean I don't have that many because I only covered like one game. It was in Chicago and Dan asked him something and he gave like some bland answer and Dan just like threw his arms up. <laughs> no, no. It was like a fourth down play and they, they screwed up the play somehow. And, and Sterling Shepard threw his hands up and like kind of like, what the heck was that? So I asked him like, what would happen on that play? And he like actually, you know, I was talking about it. And I was like, well, this is the symbol for like, what the heck just happened? And like, it was just, yeah, we had a very contentious, I have a contentious relationship with most coaches. So uh, it's not really that unusual. <laughs> but so you also, you also infamously asked the question that, that, uh, Joe Judge went in a 10 minute round. Yeah, Joe Judge fired. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pat, <laughs> Pat, rank the coaches, your coaches out of those three. Uh, well, McAdoo's definitely last on the relationship part. I think that has as much to do with me being new and him being new, right? Like, I think. Plus, there were some he, tough topics that came up. <laughs> yeah. He was. When you all, came in. He was he was just awkward in general, but also like he was being thrown out there, right? Like you said, to answer questions about Josh Brown that he didn't have answers to, whatever. So um, I'm a little still was, a little bit surprised, Pat, that Shermer's not last. No, yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I was just going to add with McAdoo, you were always just doing those walk offs off the podiums so every time I tried to say hi to him. <laughs> you were kind of like doing that shield. You had like your elbow up. So if I tried to get around, like I would get a black eye, you know, so I didn't really get there. And then, um, no, Sherman, 
Shermer's not, Shermer's like, you know, uh, he's like the guy that you, he's got a temper and, and goes kind of up and down and I can be that way too. So we kind of get along, really, you know? So <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't believe it. I know, but, uh, <laughs> but no, he, Shermer, I think I agree with Dan. Like it was a little bit of BS when he, when he got sensitive to the coverage, he kind of clammed up and turned into a different guy. But I think the guy he was before he became that was someone who was accessible and was trying to do the right stuff. But then listen, the losing gets to everybody. Right. So, and uh, as we saw with judge in Chicago and I, you know, I thought judge was uh, as I thought judge tried the hardest of the three to be what except he for Shermer's like last two weeks, all of a sudden he was like, <laughs> buddy buddy and it's like hey guys what are you hey, doing what's, what's going back? on you know yeah right but uh no i thought judge tried though i thought judge sincerely was trying to like and when he couldn't help he'd be like listen i there's some things i can't tell you i remember him saying that because it was so different from Shermer saying i'm just not being honest judge is basically like listen sometimes there's things i can't tell you right so like you can respect that versus like being lied to we i think we all should say i should add this i think we're all fairly optimistic if you could say no if if that if you disagree but we're fairly optimistic that brian dable is going to be a, a good guy in general that he's friendly and just has a a welcoming personality where he's not going to be an a-hole to the media like he's at least we haven't seen that side at least he hasn't been yeah he hasn't been criticized yet either remember so he, he has been open about how he's not going to answer our injury questions already so i guess he's but he did it in a nice way Yes. In a nice way. That's true. I think, I think like Ryan just said, I'm very, it's just like every other coach that's been before them, they come in as a little bit of a honeymoon phase. And like right now it's like, there's all this feel good stuff. But when you lose some games, how do you react? You know that, and to bring up the earlier point, you asked us, what are we most interested in seeing come training camp? I would actually add that, you know, about how will they handle adversity when like, if they lose in week one in Tennessee, like will the day bowl Shane, giants like new feel oh the building feels a lot better like will that help lift the team or will it be hard to keep that together i feel like i'll just jump in i feel like i've got a decent relationship with all three of them uh all three but judge was by far the best media savvy at like he didn't take anything you asked him in those nine minutes before pat hamlin ends it he didn't take it personal against you like you know, an hour later, if you saw him, he was like, Hey, what's up, right? Like it was, he was the most that like, they have a job. I have a job for nine minutes. We're going to forget this. And then we can go back to being two 40 year old guys. Like he was, I thought he was the most that like, he understood the job, our jobs. We understood his jobs. Yes. I'm not going to answer it, but I do know you have to keep asking it. So every week you're going to ask me about Jason Garrett. Every week you're going to ask me about Saquon Barkley. And I'm just going to give you the same answer, but I'm not going to be pissed off that you're asking it. So we just kind of go about the the circle that is media coach relationships. Uh, and yeah, Shermer and McAdoo, I thought. Well, know. we should say this before we get to Shermer and McAdoo, we should say this about Judge real quick. When he first came, we thought he was going to be Belichick light, basically, and not answer anything. And, and as we went along, we're like, oh, my God, you have we have to keep asking him certain things. He's way more open. He's he's answering these questions that we thought he, we had zero percent chance to answer at first. But his yeah. soliloquies at the start of press conferences will be legendary in these circles for a long time. Yeah. 
Yeah, this intern's over there with carpal tunnel syndrome in the PR department. Having to transcribe them is. He would talk. He would like talk fast, and he would say like a lot of words over a long. He talked very time. fast. Very hard to transcribe. All right, so Ryan, finish up. You, you got Shermer and McAdoo. Yeah, I was just gonna say. I thought you know, relationships wise, I thought they were they were fine. I'd probably I covered Shermer more. I we we still drink at the same watering hole. For those people who don't know, Pat Shermer is back in New Jersey. Uh, yes, we, we drink at the same watering hole, uh, but, and, you know, Ben McAdoo obviously, uh, you know, is in Carolina. Yeah. I, th- I think they, uh, I think they were both fine, but they look, they were new coach. McAdoo was a new coach. Judge was a new coach. They handled it very differently. I think judge's way is the way to go in New York, which is why I'm stunned. He got fired. Zach, your, your experiences. Well, mine was pretty, been br- pretty limited. I, I so I covered a couple games at the end of the 2019 season and okay. all of 2020, all of 2020. So I got I got Shermer in his phase of when he was just chilling in practice and and talking to you guys. Yeah. Um, I can't, but I would say his press conferences like put me to sleep. So I <laughs> I would uh, probably put him last and then I guess Judge first, obviously. Yeah. Uh, so we all agree, Judge. Yeah. 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 The most media friendly of the three, and then I have Coughlin in there also. I would probably go. <laughs> My relationships with them is probably Judge McAdoo, Shermer, Coughlin. And I guess part, as you guys said, part of that was because I came in so late on Coughlin. I was just at the end and I showed up and started asking if he was going to retire. So that was a bad start. You know, I'm I'm telling Ben you have him second, Jordan. I'm telling him. (laughs) What's that? I'm telling Ben you have him second. (laughs) Ben was sneaky good. He was, he was. He came in with this idea that he was not going to say anything publicly, but he would talk to you on the side and be friendly. And like he, a, he, he was human on the side. City. He was non-human on the podium. Yeah, <laughs> let's not forget Rock, uh, Duggan's boycott of Pat Shermer was a plagiarism of Tom Rock's boycott of Ben McAdoo. <laughs> McAdoo's, hair, McAdoo's hair switch from year one to year two is still one of my all-time favorites. He's, I got to get him on this podcast and ask him about that. That's, that's one of my goals. It's going to happen at some point. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight. S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, we're going to finish here with basically a segment that we do every day in the media room. It has Dunleavy either eaten it or watched it in regards to the movie. And eaten it would mean like, Food. So has Dunleavy done it? Ryan Dunleavy from the New York Post, obviously, previously of NJ.com. Amazing, amazing man. Have And we obviously know the answer to this one. Dan, you can jump in any second. You know him well with things. But let's start with food. Have you ever eaten lettuce? Never eaten lettuce. Think about that for a second, people. This guy has never eaten (laughs) lettuce. We have, pull, we have witnessed him pulling lettuce off sandwiches in the media room many times. Shredded lettuce is really hard to get off. Just put the full leaf on so I can get it off. So he's so picky with his eating or peculiar with his eating, I would say, that 
He Ryan makes sure to check with the Giants before <laughs> he comes. He's our source on what uh, they are going to have yeah. bring in for lunch. It's true. I do text Maddie every day and ask her what's for lunch. Yep. He's our source on that. We always ask Ryan. And when he doesn't know, we're very disappointed. <laughs> All right. So we know you don't eat lettuce. There, what about broccoli? Never had broccoli in my life. How is that possible? And I've ne- never let's, had broccoli. Even when you were pop- a kid, your mom didn't make you eat broccoli? She did not make me. She made me sit at the table one night. To, there were sweet potatoes on my plate and she made me sit at the table one night until the sweet potatoes were gone and it got to like 10 45 and I hadn't touched them and she just gave up and went to bed so God. Dan when when Ryan drove you to practice at Rutgers like was his car a mess or like <laughs> what is what is the do you have like a window into the Ryan Dunleavy? Like, I definitely am guessing a, that there were like bottles on the floor, like yeah, Pat, just like empty like wrappers. wrappers yeah. Pat has a you hard know. time believing I'm a very neat person. Yeah, yeah, I don't I don't remember that being the case. I mean it's it's he's quirky, but I don't I don't know if messy is the word I would use. Quirky. He does not for tie sure. his shoes. He does not tie his shoes. That's, that's the thing. <laughs> he looks like he'd be messy. <laughs> <laughs> so how are you anal, but you don't tie your shoes? I just I can't handle and clean, but you won't tie your shoes. It's kind of hard hitting question you learned about on NJ.com. It's a, you know, I just I tie them once and they come untied so quickly because I'm just I guess I'm just bad at it. Uh, I, I, they, they come untied so quickly that it's just like I'd have to tie them like two or three times a day. You, so you're I, bad at tying shoes, like you, I just you, don't you do need, it anymore. You need a lesson, I just don't do it anymore. I just, <laughs> I've just stopped. I used to tuck them into the side, but then they'd come out with the amount of walking we do at practice. So I just leave them untied. Why don't you, you they, they make shoes with Velcro. They make slip-ons. Like you could go lace. I'm a big boat shoes guy, but they're hard to pull off in like November. What are you going to do when your son needs to learn how to tie his shoes? I'm going to ask my wife to do it. <laughs> this is what we're talking about. These are the kind of things you learn about people in the media room. When you spend as much time together as we do, yeah. Dan, what have you learned about Ryan having spent, at, at this point, what, six or eight years in the media room with him yeah. on a regular basis? We, we go further back. We go further back to Rutgers. I can't kill him too much on the food because he's probably just waiting to talk about the sandwiches I used to bring to Rutgers. Yeah. <laughs> you can, all right, you can, I'll throw myself on the bus. You can say that if you want. <laughs> but we have to eat in this, like, we have to be stuck in this, like, trailer under the end zone and, like, under the bleachers in, in the stadium. And there's no food at all. So I have to, like, I'm coming from Manhattan. I have to just pack in, like, a little cooler, my little turkey sandwiches and potato chips. And it's, like, I ate it every single day. It was a bad scene. <laughs> he um, ate this but so thing. Wasn't it on an English muffin? <laughs> it was on just a little like uh, potato roll. Yeah, but, that doesn't right, sound. It doesn't sound as bad as you're making it though, because you eat like a turkey sandwich and like chips. I and have it every single day. It was every single like, day it was, it was like a sleeping lunch. Yeah, yeah, it was a depressing scene. Just the whole the whole scene was depressing. What would uh, Ryan eat? Because he doesn't eat anything with lettuce. Not he doesn't that. eat any vegetable. He it's doesn't a co- eat. It's a, it's a he college. Eats like he eats like a five year old. It's a college <laughs> campus renowned for its pizza and something called a fat sandwich. I did okay. I got to jump, guys. I'm not building Jordan's brand. I'm big in Vegas. I got to do a radio interview. All right, big shot. Not, yeah. Not everybody can uh, be available as we're sitting here at 11.15 on a, a Thursday night, you know. So we'll have to finish the has done, leave, he done it. Mayonnaise. No. 
No, I'll, I'll save you some time here. Uh, my Oil big... and vinegar. Yes, love it. Love it. Ketchup. Love it. Put it on anything. I put I put ketchup on steak. Mustard. <laughs> uh, no. You have, ke- you have a ketchup on steak? I do. Oh, at a fancy, at a nice restaurant? I'm sure I knew that. I do. Wait, on like a on like a like a steak, like a fillet? Not a fillet, but like a like a New York strip. I'll put ketchup on. It's not better. <laughs> so, <laughs> huh? So that's not better. Like the switch. No, but Jordan, Jordan, the craziest thing I think too is like it's all of the amazing TV shows and movies he has never seen. Like, all right, so let's rip let's rip off. Well, some hold of on, I'll now. give you my condiment stance in general. Some anybody who's still listening to us, tweet me and tell me why. Why do people who mass serve food like we get in a press box? Why do they put condiments on anything? Mayonnaise, they all come horseradish. They all come in packets. So why not? play to the lowest common denominator like me, just give you the sandwich and let you dress it how you want. I don't understand why people put condiments on the food. It eliminates like, you know, a third of the people who could eat it. Done. The, the condiment stance there from a guy who has never eaten lettuce in his life. <laughs> <laughs> and, and doesn't tie his shoes because he's not good at it. <laughs> <laughs> These are the things. I mean, this guy's basically he's a savant. <laughs> you know he's one of those like evil geniuses like you're like how could this quirky guy be successful in life and if we, walked, if, we walked, if we walked into a press box that had like you know very nice steaks and uh some salad and you know a lot like a like a good soup and you know maybe a lobster roll uh ryan would be pissed that there wasn't mac and cheese for him yeah. lobster oh. lobster roll would you eat that no 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 chance no 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 I'm not even sure I'd eat the soup. Uh, you'd have unless it was. Chicken. I figured that's why I said that. I didn't. Hold on, you don't eat soup. Chicken, Most soups. Chicken noodle, I eat. What about like French? Oh, onion? Are you a are you a ninety year old woman? No, I don't. No, I don't eat French onion. No. What about broccoli cheddar? Ham chowder. It has broccoli in it. No. <laughs> chowder. Yeah. No. But you could like bury it underneath and be like, it's cheese. Like anything, <laughs> anything that has chowder in it, I'm not eating. Oh my god. Soup but is, haven't you have no. you like never Bis- seen Bis- These yeah. are the things you learn when you spend time with people <laughs> in a in a the giant media room is basically we just suck a bunch like of the size cubic- of your kitchen. Yeah. yeah, it's like the size of your kitchen with a bunch oh. of cubicles around the wall. So Ryan, what, what would be your what would be your uh, death row meal? Like what would be the meal that uh, you're about to die and you need to pick one meal? Ooh. Maybe chicken parm, spaghetti, and chocolate chip cook, warm chocolate chip co- cookies. So like a meal you could get in prison, basically, is what you're saying. <laughs> 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 well, see the quirkiness though, this isn't just food. Like as Pat like, said, oh, this is actually what we're having. Today. I mean, name the movies that Ryan Dunleavy has never seen. Just start naming so, famous movies. Godfather. I've seen it. I've seen it. I that was that. a recent thing because people yeah. told you to see it. Oh, you I, saw the fir- I, I saw the first one within the last, I don't know, six months. And it's about an hour too long. Doesn't have to go to Italy. Oh the God. Bronx Tale. No. No. Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Love it. Love it. Um, on the Waterfront. Don't, I never even heard of it. <laughs> what? Step Step Brothers. No, I've never seen it. What? But it does fit my genre. Billy I Madison? I have. I have. Okay. We're trying to find ones that we think maybe he could have seen. Happy Happy Gilmore. Yes. 
He's seen he's seen comedies. That's I like the only thing he's comedies. ever seen. The Braveheart. Have you seen Groundhog Day? Within the last year, I saw Groundhog Day. Braveheart. No, I've never seen Braveheart. Oh, <laughs> Saving Private Ryan. No, I've never seen. I've never seen most war movies. You never I'm, saw Braveheart. Never saw it's Braveheart. Literally on all the time. It's like, like saw Saving Forrest Private Gump. Ryan. Have you seen Forrest Gump? I have seen Forrest Gump. Oh, I'm actually surprised. Uh, yeah, I'm a little surprised. I kind of I think I knew that, but I, I I was surprised when I heard that. War movies and Jaws, which I've also never Casino? seen. Casino? Jaws is so good. War, war movies and Jaws knock me out because blood. I just don't like blood. Um, Casino? You ever see Casino? No. Gun. You never Park. saw any mob movies, basically, either. Pat, you got me. There. Top Gun. Which, like, it's like everyone's ever seen. Everyone's seen it. No, I've never seen it. You've never seen Top Gun? Never seen it. You don't a have a desire to, to check it out. A few good men. Uh yes, I have seen a few good men. Have you seen Jurassic Park? I have. I had my first kiss in Jurassic Park 2. Speed. <laughs> uh speed. That is that the Sandra Bullock boat movie? No, that's it's this one's on a bus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not a boat. It's on a bus. That's, uh no, I don't think so. Die hard. I'd say no. Die hard. I saw after the last time we had this discussion in like, I don't know, January. Uh, I went and saw I saw Die Hard around Christmas. It was probably around Christmas time. And uh, yeah, I saw it. It was good. I saw Die Hard and Die Hard. You like Die Hard at least. It was good. Okay. Yeah. Lethal Weapon. No, never seen any Lethal Weapon. You're an alien. And if this applies to TV too. So yeah, didn't, hadn't you never seen Seinfeld? I had, I'm watching it now. Uh, but you had never seen it prior to like a month ago, right? I've never seen it within the last, prior to like sometime during last season, I started watching. But you had definitely, you, you, Jennifer Aniston is like your thing. So Friends, yes. I've seen every, I could quote every line in every Friends episode. Yeah. I've seen everyone 50 times. Friends isn't even that good. Oh God, that's blasphemous. <laughs> uh, what other shows like you see Breaking Bad, Sopranos? Never seen an episode of The Sopranos. Never seen an episode of Breaking Bad. The Wire. Wire. Never seen an episode. So you basically of the Wire. did you even have oh, HBO ever? I did not have HBO. You never saw Curb Your Enthusiasm. So anything on HBO or Showtime, I'm gonna say like like Dexter, any of those stuff that's out. Sex in the City. <laughs> You've seen Sex in the City? Every episode. Ryan, how? Why? Love it. Love Let me, it. Ask, Let me ask you this. Why? Look okay. at Jordan's face. You've seen Sex in the City and Friends. Those are like your shows. I am. I'm. I'm typecasting you here. <laughs> uh, aside from Alien, like that's that's what you watch. Those kind of shows. Like how you met, would watch you with a, your girlfriend. Are you a middle woman? Like what is this? Correct. How <laughs> I Met Your Mother. Things you watch with your girlfriend in your teens and twenties is pretty much what I've seen. Yeah. So you're the, but how come, even though if you're the person who doesn't watch certain things, how come you're not the guy who like when someone says, oh, you've never seen X, you have to watch it. Like clearly that's happened in your life and you All never the take the person's advice, right? But, like, I mean, I, I took the advice on Die Hard. I took the advice. Oh, I took yeah, the yeah, advice. But it took till you were over 40. What about the last oh, yeah. 30 years? Like when people are like, you never saw a Top Gun. You never had an urge to go watch no, Top Gun. Never, no, because most of the time people are wrong. Like, you got to see Rocky. I watched Rocky. It was horrible. It was awful. Awful. So boring. Uh, what else did somebody tell me to watch recently that I watched the first 13 minutes of and gave up? Um it was oh my unbelievable. god! Some other famous movie that everybody was like, "You have to see it." I watched. Have you seen Major? Have you seen Major League? I have seen Major. League. What about like the program? 
Yeah, like in 1994. Varsity actually. Blues, like, Field of Dreams, and uh, League of Their Own. And I've seen most sports movies, guys. I, I, am, a, okay. I am a sports writer. Yeah, have you I, seen Hooters? I have, yes. Rudy, Rudy, Sandlot. Yes, I've seen most sports okay. movies. That's good. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So any like serious award-winning movie you have not seen? Pretty much, yeah. Pretty much. I mean, t- Tom Hanks movies I've seen. You know, I've seen Cast Away and... Uh, and uh you know risky uh, business forrest gump no never tom hanks jennifer aniston sex in the city well i thought maybe if he's saying tom hanks he would have seen like uh you know risky business like road to perdition no you're missing some really obvious ones though fellas ferris bueller's day off big i figured you'd at least have seen it i thought of that and i'm like no he probably saw that because you you do watch some comedies like yeah you never saw ferris bueller's day off no, I mean, you don't you have, have a desire. Yeah, probably haven't seen Pulp Fiction, right? Uh, is that the one with the big twist at the end? It's, no, that's Six uh, Sense. Six Sense, I'm thinking of maybe. <laughs> no, I no, I, the Six Sense is a totally different movie. What's the one with the big spoiler alert, people? If you haven't <laughs> seen a movie from 30 years ago, where's the what's the one where Kevin Spacey's actually the killer? A usual suspect. Oh, usual suspect. <laughs> so I've seen that, but not Pulp Fiction. <laughs> Maybe Ryan's pulling a Kaiser Soze act. He's actually seen all this stuff. He's just gonna reveal it. See what we have to deal with. This is what it's like in the media room. We just come up with things and say, "Has Ryan?" Done we just it? shout them at him throughout the throughout the day. I love, I love I how the guy. I love how the guy who has seen nothing managed to fit a spoiler into this conversation <laughs> for a movie that came out thirty years ago. By the way, yeah, yeah, yeah. what about Titanic? Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it. Hadn't seen it. In Hold 30. on. I'm born in 1982. Titanic came out in 1998. It's the ultimate take your girlfriend to it movie. Of course, I've seen. Titanic. Oh, you probably had the soundtrack in your seat. <laughs> My heart went on. Yeah. <laughs> what about ET? I have seen ET. You have okay. When I was little, when I was really little. Indiana That's Jones. Indiana Jones. No, I've never seen any Indiana. Goonies. Goonies. Oh, I know what it was. Thank you. Now that you said Goonies. You know what I watched the first 13 minutes of? And it was awful. Awful. Why would anybody watch this movie when you could just watch old school? Animal House. Oh, my God. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I remember you said this. Yeah. I mean, it's just a poor old school. That's what it is. Oh, well, it was... (laughs) Old school. It was 30 years earlier. Sure, but if you've seen old school first, why would you watch Animal House? Oh, I've it's based said. in a different generation. You have to appreciate it for sure, what it well, was. I, sure, but if I was watching it in that generation, I'd probably like it, but I'm not. So unbelievable. Unbelievable. It's you easy. are a unique human being, Ryan. <laughs> we'll we'll do another episode later on of Has Done Levy Done It. But we're gonna cut it off here on that <laughs> note. Thank you, everybody, for joining. Uh Zach Rosenblatt, NJ.com, Pat Leonard, Daily News. Ryan Dunleavy, New York Post, and Dan Duggan, The Athletic. We will reconvene at another time, another date, and give the people what it's like of a day in the media room because this is what we deal with. Ryan Dunleavy, right there, ladies and gentlemen. Right. On that note, on to the next one. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Thank you for everyone that contributed. Dan Duggan, The Athletic, Pat Leonard, The New York Daily News, Zach Rosenblatt, NJ.com, and Ryan Dunleavy from The New York Post. Of course, Ryan Dunleavy in specific, thanks for being a good sport. He's always a good sport. I mean, he might be an alien. Think of, think of the things he does and doesn't eat. Not to eat really any vegetables, and never have eaten lettuce in their life really blows me away. Uh, his, you know, his daily menu is is like a, a eight year old, but uh, you know he's forty something, uh, lower forties, like same same age type as me, and uh, I just find it fascinating. So so does everybody else, including his movie consumption, which obviously we saw there is quite staggering and uh, unbelievable, but. That's why we do it. Has Dunleavy done it? It's a constant game in in the Giants Quest Diagnostics Center media room, and uh, it's a lot of fun. And we, we really, I'm serious. We just we just try and keep ourselves entertained on times where you know it it, it could be depressing. If you sit there and think from a straight football perspective, okay, week 16, the Giants are are three and 12 entering the game. The game means nothing. The coach is on the verge of getting fired. I mean, you got to try to make the best of the situation. And that that's really what we've been doing for quite a while now. Because, I mean, the whole coaching cycle that the Giants are on, you know, every two years hire a new coach is, is where we're at. And, you know, it's been a lot of losing, the most losing in the NFL over the last five years along with the Jets. So got to keep yourself busy somehow. And that's how we do it right there. So appreciate everyone for listening. As always, reach out. Send me suggestions for people you people or topics you might want for the summer series. You can find me on email, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. You know where to find me. I'm your host, Jordan Ronan. ESPN, ESPN.com. Giants reporter. See you next time. <laughs>